You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Well, good morning. Um, I am delighted and humbled to be here. My name is Carolyn Lankford. Um, I'm married to that man. And we share three children, a 32-year-old who is my stepson, a 25-year-old who is our son, and a 22-year-old who is our daughter. And um, the only reason why I'm standing here is because I'm older and I've been messing up longer. (laughs) So I get to be at the podium. But I really, today is just going to be an offering of some things that I know now that I wish I'd known in real time. Um, And also just encouragement. We are talking about children and our love for them. What is better than that? I mean, this is is a good, good conversation to have that we're going to have. And I want to begin by praying, and I'm going to pray with you. If you have the handout, it's... um, Oh, right here. The Lord protect us. This is from this book, this devotional, Praying Through the Bible for Your Children. It is fabulous. I don't care if you have a three-week-old or a 30-year-old. This is a wonderful way not only to read the scripture, but also to pray for your children. She is spot on. And to prove it, let's read together or pray together this prayer. Lord. Protect us from staking our happiness on our children. You are the center and source of our happiness. You are the only thing we must have or else we will die. So we will not insist that we have a certain number of children or that the children we have must be healthy or smart or successful. Our happiness will not be dependent on our children's saintliness or sinfulness, on the lifestyle they choose, or their willingness to change. Our meaning in life and significance in this world don't come from the family we create or anything else. You provide the only meaning and significance that lasts. Amen. All right. I think, just to kind of get this started, when I think about parenthood in just a tiny little synopsis, it comes from this movie, old movie. It's called Parenthood. Steve Martin, anybody? I mean, it's old. Some of y'all probably weren't born when it was made. It's a Ron Howard movie. Come on. Yeah, it's not that old. Oh, really? I thought, okay, well, good. I think it's hilarious. Oh, and let me. Let's go through those corners so fast. Another kid to Kevin's money. Shut up. Sorry. Can y'all see? I'm sorry. What's wrong? I lost my redeemer! It's okay. I lost my redeemer! It's okay. 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 It's ok
Where are the kids? These folks are driving them home. No way we can drive them. Well, that's just what Kevin needs. Time alone with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just go. Kim, they're two hundred dollars. If you drop two hundred dollars in here, you'd look, right? <laughs> Kind of says it all in a way. Uh, I mean, don't you love? You've got the generational stuff with the father. You've got love. I mean, just this is incredible. Oh, hi. Um, you've got this incredible love for a children for your a child. Your child isn't doing right, you know, and it it hurts and you're scared and so you coach baseball and you dress up like a cowboy thinking that's going to make them okay. We literally go through trash um, for the sake of our children. That is some crazy wonderful love and that's really where I want us to be so so gentle on ourselves and each other because this is because we love. Um, our children have been such and are such a blessing to us and and it's such a fragile and all-consuming relationship um, you know they make us they make us uh, sacrifice all the time willingly we become less selfish as parents we um, we're stretched and we don't get enough sleep and we worry and we are so delighted um, my favorite thing of late is when the children will sing during the nine o'clock service I'm talking about the little biddies they're not even in the choir robes mm -hmm. and my favorite thing is not looking at the children it's looking at the parents I'm gonna pick on Lauren last time I saw Lauren and Cameron and I'm sure it was Mary Matthews but your faces were Easter morning <laughs> you know and that's that's what it is that's what we're talking about but as I think Cameron did a really good job two weeks ago of saying idols that we are all prone to create, we can't not create them, it's part of the fall. Our idols usually start with something that is good, something that is of God. So we're not talking about uh, not being parents anymore or completely changing the way we parent. We are talking about perspective, and a, an order and a and a outlook in life 
that keeps us grounded in a way that we are free to be the parents that we've been made to be. Um, so, lots of grace and just a little chance for me to tell you. Whew, okay, so if you look on your handout, I came up with this list of signs that you might be idolizing your children. I did not create, well, a couple of these maybe are, but mostly it's a compilation of things I have found and things I've read, and it's not rocket science. In fact, you can um, raise your hand at any point and say, I don't agree, but I just think it's kind of a helpful way just to sort of do a self-check. All right, one sign. We pray more for our children's accomplishments than their relationship with Jesus. Guilty. I was so interested in, it wasn't conscious, but it, it could be boiled down to, I cared about that college application starting when they were about age five. <laughs> so we were all about attending the Bible studies. Church was mandatory, and I highly recommend that, by the way. Um, we, But I never stopped to say, hey, how's it going with Jesus? How, how, how's that working for you? Do you know him? Would you pray for me, please? I'm, I'm having a hard... I mean, it was all assumed. You know, we're good because we're doing these things. And I was not taking the time to relax and be in a relationship with the Lord, with my children, and just being in that kind of a conversation with them. And they got pretty good college applications um, under their belts. But... Um, I could have done that differently and better. Um, and by the way, it does take a village. So thank your youth ministers. Thank them every day. Pray for them every day. But I sort of let other people take on the delicacies of how's your relationship with Jesus. Number two. Our time taken up by our children keeps us from our own personal time of prayer and Bible study. Um, look at this passage from Deuteronomy. Up, right up here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. We really could kind of end class right now on that one. Um, it goes to the first and the second sign. Um, our relationship with, our, with the Lord is primary to our relationship with our children. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But... This scripture just makes it so clear. Make it, we have to be in a relationship and then we have to make sure that our relationship is, uh, includes our children with the Lord. Uh, number three, our need to make our children happy keeps us from appropriately disciplining them. Does anyone say ouch on this? Um, Look at Proverbs 13:24, and I have it here in the message translation. Are you all familiar with this? It's not in the translation of the scripture. It's an interpretation by a man named um, Eugene Peterson, 
And I got interested in it only because Bono loves it, and I love Bono. So if Bono, um, but, and so you have to be careful with it because it's an interpretation. It's not, you know, we don't need to be hearing it Sunday morning in church, but it, it has helped me sometimes. And particularly, like, look at this proverb. A refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. Well, that's the spool, spare the rod, spool the child proverb. He just kind of gets around it by not talking about the rod, which we're not going to talk about because I don't, you know. But I do think it's very, very true that in our confusion and in our idol making, we think that we are to approve of our children always and at all times and in all places and correcting them is just kind of mean. Well, no, correcting them is the greatest love we can show. It really is. Um, it's also, you know, sometimes it's just easier not to correct. But we are called to do that. So, okay. Um, our identity is found in our children to the point that we are too engaged in the daily drama of our kids' lives. We are more like a peer than a parent. And I think, and I, I don't know, but I think that's probably even more of a temptation and a way to go in this day and age, because so much of our work has been accomplished for us. I mean, we have washers and dryers, and I mean, you know, so we have more time. But in some ways, um, that has made me way too into my children's business. And I, and I know it's a both and. You want to be way, way into their business, but. I'll give you I'll give you an example. When our son was, I don't know, high school, um, he gets really angry at our daughter, and he says the ugliest words I've ever heard to her. So number one, I'm like, how does he know how to talk that way? How does he know that word? Oh my gosh! Because, you know, he's perfect, right? So there's no way. And we only watch 30 minutes of television during the week. And the television's in the central part of the house. And there's, oh, who's he been hanging out with? Giving him that kind of influence. And I've got to punish him. And, of course, where's Frank? Well, you know, it's 4 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. There's no Frank. So i got to handle it. So I, you're grounded for the weekend. Okay. It's over. He actually leaves and goes down to his room, slams the door, but that's okay. And I'm thinking, all right, now I just got to figure out how to get those words out of his head, because he 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 just he can't know language like that. Well, about 30 minutes later, he comes upstairs. I'm still in the kitchen, and he's very contrite. He's very cute too. I think he kisses me on the cheek, and he says, "Mom, mom." I know you need to punish me. I know what I did was wrong. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. But please, uh, so-and-so said she would go out with me tonight. Okay, well, I know so-and-so. She's a nice girl. She's a good girl. I know her parents. I am so in favor of this. And I want my son to be successful. I want him to have a girlfriend. I want him to be popular. I want him to know he's got someone to take to the prom. My brain is going all like that. And so what do I do? I say, okay. And, of course, there is no other punishment because um, I don't think he's even driving yet. Or if he is, he's not driving. Anyway, 
There's not any other thing I could have done that would have had the effect that I wanted it to have. But because I wanted him to have a girlfriend, I backed off of my punishment, my correction. So, all right. That's being too involved. <laughs> trying to be a peer, not a parent. All right, next. We live in constant fear for our children, often losing sleep and trying in irrational ways to protect them. I think Marilyn, last week, if you were here last week, spoke very well to that. But... Um, Look at Philippians here. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known by God. To God, excuse me, known to God. So um, there's no way we're not going to worry about our children. There's no way we're not going to have legitimate fear for their safety from time to time. There's no way that they're going to live a life that doesn't bring cause for fear or concern. You know, the kid who lost his retainer is going to special ed. Um, and that's a reality. I think it's when we are constantly walking around in a state of fear, which to me, a constant state of fear is just anxiety. I mean, that's what it is. Fear is when you see the rattlesnake and you get the heck out of there. Anxiety is when there's no rattlesnake around, but you're just you're expecting to see it at any moment. Um, that sort of generalized anxiety that we can all really come up with as parents, it, it gets in the way of our relationship with the Lord. Because what we're saying, we don't mean to, but what we're saying is, Lord, I don't trust you. I I got to do this by myself, and I'm scared, and I'm ah, uh, it's not going so well. Um, that's really kind of what we're we are doing when we let ourselves fall into anxiety and constant fear for our children. Okay, we think our kids make us look good or bad, and boy, I have had both, big time center, both reasons. And, you know, if you think about it, this is just sort of, you could you could fill in any idol, and this is true. You know, we think our marriages make us look good or bad. We think our physical shape makes us look good or bad. You know, oh, I need to lose 10. Um, we think our homes make us look good or bad. Our careers, it just goes on and on and on. What, what silly things we do to ourselves. But... Um, I, I had it bad with my children. Um, when they accomplished, when they achieved, when they were granted something that was good, boy, I just sort of had this feeling that maybe it had something to do with the fact that I was their mother. <laughs> ah. And then when something bad happened that either they did or it was done to them, oh, that feels horrible because... It just might have to do with the fact that I'm their mother. I mean, I would love to go back and undo that. But it's just a warning. Uh, we are so in their lives. And it doesn't mean that when good things happen, we don't celebrate greatly with them. It's wonderful. It's joyous. They, you know, that something's been given to them and it's good. And likewise, when something bad happens or they choose something bad... We grieve with them. It's, it's not like we're without 
uh, feeling, but we don't see it back onto our own identity. It's not. Your children really and truly are not who they are because you're their mother or their father, ultimately, fundamentally. Okay, we put our kids ahead of our relationship with our spouse. Now, I think this one's hard, and I really, I really did some praying and reading and to, to dig on this because bottom line is there are seasons in parenthood where we do put our children before our spouse. You know, if you are a nursing mother and your infant starts screaming in the next room, you're not going to say, wait, hang on, I'm having a meaningful conversation with your dad right now, I'll be there in a few. No, you leave the meaningful conversation, if you're even having one, and you go tend to the baby. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think the key is, it's when we talk about our relationship with our spouse. And there's been times I've also I've thought, really? I'm supposed to love Frank more than I love my children? Why? I mean, what's, what, what's, why, why the hierarchy, God? And it sort of came to me with some help from a commentary. You know, we're told in Genesis, and we're told out of the mouth of Jesus himself, that when a man and a woman get married, they become one flesh. They're one unit. No longer two, but one. And it's that one unit that then brings up the children. And it's kind of like when you're on the air, airplane and they say, in the event of emergency, put oxygen on your mouth first and then tend to your children. It's the same thing. Tend to your unit so thereby your unit can be most effective and godly in tending to your children. So it's not a hierarchy in terms of who do I love the most, but it's a hierarchy in how we best go about being in the relationships with God, our spouse, and our children. And one other caveat, I know that there are a lot of people who are doing the parent thing by themselves or not as, not as one flesh. Sin is real, and sin causes spouses to die, causes spouses to walk out, um, dysfunction, all kinds of things. I know that. So this is not like we can't be parents if we don't have this beautiful one flesh. But if we do have it, um, that's why we are told, tend to it as you tend to your, and so you can tend to your children. Any comments about that? Okay. All right. We overschedule and overly control our kids' activities. Uh, can you say helicopter? <laughs> I think we all probably know about this. But we really, you know, it, it would be wonderful as the body of Christ if we could kind of encourage each other. You know, do you really, do you really need for her to be taking ballet at age four? Um, what's wrong with just the backyard and a tutu? Um, and I just, I think we, and I think it's sometimes it's where we, this is what we do out of fear. Gotta keep them busy. Gotta keep them busy. If we don't keep them busy, no telling what's gonna happen to them. No telling what kind of business they're gonna get into. I mean, but for all of my good intentions, my son at age 15 was saying words that I didn't think he could say. Um, so, relax. We, we don't need to overschedule. Um, 
we do whatever we can to make our children's lives easier. Um, does that ring a bell? It sure does for me. Um, it, sometimes it was laziness on my part. It was just easier to pick up his room than <laughs> make him go down and stand over him so he would get it right and he would pick up his room. But we're not doing our children any favors. And I think it's really insidious. It, it gets us before we realize it. Our daughter is a youth minister in Virginia, and she, she called me a couple weeks ago, and she said, Mom, I keep getting these mothers calling me to say that they needed to arrange some service hours for their children, for her, you know, her, her students. And she's like, why, why don't the students just talk to me? Duh, yeah, why don't they? Because the parents are in their love, and it's love, in their love, they're trying to make their children's lives easier, and they're, they're not allowing their children the opportunity to grow up and figure it out. Easy, I mean, it's, it's, this is not bad. We're not talking about bad stuff. We're just talking about habits that get in our life, and they're hard to break. Um, we believe our children can do no wrong because they are perfect in our eyes. Well, my illustration a few back points to that. But think about it. Isn't it weird, this thing, this love for our children? I mean, they are perfect. They're miraculous, fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, you know, you know, I don't ever get tired of considering my children. So, But at the same time, they are not perfect. They are sinners. And when I don't let them be that... I am denying them the opportunity to know themselves truthfully and to know also that they need a Savior. And guess what? Good news, babes. You've got one. He, he's done it. You are a sinner saved by God. And that is so much better than, sweetheart, you are perfect. Because that's a lie. And it can't hold up. And think of the burden we put on our children when we tell them and we expect them to be perfect. I mean, you know, who wants that? Who wants that role? So um, it's a hard thing on the surface, but it's truly a good thing to know your children for what they are and to help them, as they mature, come into a full and real understanding of who they are too because there is very good news in that um, even though it's not that they're perfect okay we are fearful that our children will fail get hurt be excluded be unsuccessful do wrong things they will all of the above they will it's sad and it's true and what's even worse is that we've got to let them do it. I mean, we can't permit it. That we, we cannot protect them. Um, they will do and experience all of these things and so much more. And so when we worry about it, when we're fearful of that, again, it's just our lack of faith that God has got them. God is their perfect parent. He is where their identity can rest. And he will use all of that for his glory. 
um, I was at the Rooted Conference this past October, and I heard this one, and my friends have heard me say it so many times because it's just my new. But he said, for the believer, there is no wasted suffering. And that's true for our children, too. That's true. God will use it, and he does use it. Um, I'm going to show you one more clip. This is from the movie Ladybirds. Anybody seen that? Um, this is sort of, oh, y'all, I'm sorry, my computer turns off. This is kind of what parent, parenting fear, parental fear can look like when we think we need to protect our children by giving them all the bad news before they go through it themselves. And I had a mother, I have a mother like that. In her love for me, she would often sort of give me the heads up. You're not going to make cheerleader. You just know that, don't you? <laughs> I mean, truly, it took me a long time, but it was her love language for me. I'm gonna, she's going to hear it from me. Well, this is kind of along those lines. If I can, oh, okay. by the way, although they had miles to go. Oh, thank you, Mary. Uh, so, I mean, we, it's, all of this is to sort of uh, lighten up about, but all the stuff that we do for our children and don't do for our children, it's in the name of love. It's because we love them. And even that mom who is... Uh, telling her daughter she's not worth state tuition, she was it was love. And so that's a who we are in this room. And I, I don't want anyone to think that there's a different message going on here. Let's look at Romans. Um, I have down here, it is more than that, we rejoice in our, and this is my edition, and our children's sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So, we get to enjoy this thing called parenthood. And we get to um, be God's stewards. Because that's really what we're doing. We're stewarding his creation for his glory. Um, so more than anything else, we want to pray that our kids have a vital and robust relationship with Jesus. We want that more than a Harvard education, a fulfilling career, great health, economic success, and a bunch of other wonderful creature comforts. We want 
his glory to be revealed in the grace of Jesus Christ to come to them. And that's on this handout. This is a prayer that Rita and Drew actually introduced me to in a class they did. And I can't, I think you said Gospel Coalition, but yeah. you didn't know any. But it's a wonderful prayer. It's a wonderful, wonderful prayer that we should um, keep on our hearts at all times. I'm about done. Any questions, comments? Lauren? I have a question just about when you are trying to parent, like, you know, not helicopter, but you feel a little bit of judgment in not doing that. Cause, <coughs> I mean, the example I'm thinking of is when we took our middle child to Chiffon Fun for her birthday, and her youngest child was just awful. She was just being terrible. So Andrew yanks her up. It's spanking her on the way out of Shane Fonfon. I'm thinking, oh gosh, there's going to be Adventers there. There's going to be like people we know there. You know, and I start thinking, yeah, that was the right call. You know, she was being awful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you get a self consciousness mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. not parenting yeah. in a way that's like, if you're being strict, it feels like yeah. there, you second guess it because there's a lot of cultural pressure on you. Yeah. I, I hear you. I was followed around one time by two, at the time, older women, because I had Fred in a buggy. He was two years old, and he wanted out of the buggy, and I was, you know, leaning, and I was just, you know, pinning him in with my, as I, I was going to get that picture frame, and they, they literally followed me around the store, and came up behind me in the checkout line, and one of them said. Well, can't you just hold him? You know, I probably could have come up with the words that he comes up with, you know, 15 years later. Um, that's Lauren, I know, but that's where I'm saying we can be, we can be the body of Christ. We can encourage one another, and we can understand where one another, and we can forgive one another, and we can be the village and the body. And yeah. Um, also, that confidence that comes when you know you are raising up your children to the glory of God. And it sometimes looks like a spanking in Shea Fon Fon. Yeah. Anything else? I think, okay, I've just finally stopped shaking and now it gets quiet. <laughs> um, I, I kind of want to second which, what Lauren just said um, because I think there's a culture now that's shaming. Uh huh. A lot more than there used to be. Um, I don't know if y'all are parents to parent. Parent to parent. Okay. Um, I don't know if you remember when there was a little boy who was eaten by an alligator mm-hmm. at a Disney World. Oh right. And the reaction was, what kind of parents would let their children get close to the water with the alligator? Right. And it wasn't. Oh my gosh! Like this terrible tragedy of this family. Right. And the water was like welcoming to kids, and it was. You know, it was a, a mistake that a lot of parents would have made. Let them splash in the water. Right. Yeah. And right. So I, think I remember it's just that. Really yeah. hard. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's just you're hearing most people's voices louder, you know, like through mm. social media mm. and that kind of stuff. Because my reaction to that was, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine being, I, I, I can't imagine going to Disney World and having, and I had a child that was like two or three or, you know, kind of two and a half maybe. Um, but, you know, I just, I think you kind of have to, like, settle that noise out, you know? Mm. Like, that's not what you believe. You kind of have to have, like, courage in your own convictions. And, you know, perhaps that comes from your relationship with God. But, like, um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, that, that's yeah. a social media problem, too. I think it is. And I think also a lot of times that blaming, shaming, blaming... <laughs> 
<laughs> Boy, I just just turn me on and I'll show you what I mean. Um, I think that's insecurity. I think that comes from insecurity. Yeah. I think something I suffer from is being a working mom. Uh huh. And my, I'm the so my child started kindergarten. Yeah, before I was with moms that worked, and now the only mom of all the girls who works. Wow. Yeah, in Crestline, and that's been hard for me. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh huh. And I look around, and most of y'all do not work, so. I do. I feel like I have to. I know you do. I know you do. I know. You do. I know. You know. I feel like do y'all feel that way. Like you feel like on the weekend, like yesterday. I really wanted to leave my daughter at that birthday party, but you know what? This other girl's like, "Will you stay here, Miss Mary Kaylin's mommy?" And then you're like, "Well, of course I'll stay." But I really could have used. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. Well, what made you stay? Because these other little girls asked me to stay because I had read to them this week and they really liked me. Because <laughs> I feel guilty. Uh huh. Uh huh. I mean. I feel a little. Yeah. Fran? Just to speak as somebody who raised their. Yeah. Mary, you're nervous. <laughs> what I'm going to say. No, I want to encourage each of you. It's your friends that enable you to do this. And I've had the incredible blessing of raising my kids in this church. And there's some of the other mothers in this room Carolyn, Mary, Rita, probably others I can't even see. I couldn't have gotten through without the love and support of our friends, the compassion, the understanding, knowing that they loved my kids and were praying for my kids through, and they loved me in my own brokenness in the times I screwed up so royally. Um, your mom, one of them too, I, I encourage you guys to pray for that. Pray for that support. Your village. Your village. Right. You touched on it. But, <laughs> It's just so hard to be alone in this, and you don't have to be alone in this. Um, and that is the body of Christ. And you touched on that. I wanted to emphasize. Amen. That yeah. Was so benefited from. Right. That. And I do take lots of credit for Francis. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm resting in that identity. <laughs> Anything else? Yeah. I was just going to add to that insecurity. I mean, I think we are all extremely insecure. And to your point, Fran, and, and that we all need those people around us um, that see us for who we are, right? Accept us for who we are, right? And pray with us. Um, and I'm realizing, even as I get even older, mm-hmm. that I need that even more. Yes. <laughs> oh, h- hang on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, that that is so, that is so true. And you know, parenting can be a very isolating thing if we let it be, because number one, you know, we think, well, they can't know that my kid still wets the bed or they can't know that you know I I found pot in his drawer but when we are the body together when we are the village the holy village together yes we can we don't have to be isolated in all of that we don't you know I'm not saying tell the world but tell one or two really truly trusted soul sisters or brothers and and let them help you walk through it. That's huge. And this church is full of folks doing that, willing to do that. 
um, trustworthy, and um, it's what makes us not big when we have those relationships with one another. So, yeah, so true. Well, I think um, we need to close in prayer and call for a good week. So the Lord be with you. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for our children. Thank you for entrusting them to us, fallible as we are, broken as we are, sinful as we are. Guide us and lead us every step of the way. Make us ever mindful that we belong to you and our children belong to you. Our children are not your grandchildren. They're your children. And may we go forth and serve one another in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.